When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Bijou Podcasts. This is episode 87 of The Stacey June Show, and my guest today is author, speaker, and podcaster, Melissa Ambrosini. Hey guys, Stace here. Welcome to the Stacey June Show. Thrilled to have you. On Thursdays, I drop an interview. I'm glad that you're here because today is a goodie. Um, I'm pretty good, dudes. I am in the thick of writing my book, which I announced last week. If you missed it, um, it'll be out in 2020. You can go back to the single Pringle episode um, and find out more information on everything uh, book-related. But it's hectic. It's it's D-Day. It's coming up, my due date. And it is the month before my baby is due. So I've started to feel the energy. It's rising and it's good. It's I've got momentum. I feel calm in it, but it definitely feels like it's it's building. Um, so I've got a few trips in there with, where we're doing kind of celebrations. Ben and I are going to go away. He's my husband. Um, and we're also going to do a celebration back home where I'm from uh, for the bub um, because I won't be able to travel around Christmas. So I feel like I've got a really great concoction of different projects but also different personal things and and all this flourishing, all this new, all of this new life, um, not to mention the epic planning that's going on behind the scenes for my birth. So um, the birth of me and the birth of this bambino. So I'm, I'm in a good place but things are starting to get pretty um, – I wouldn't. I don't want to use the word busy because it kind of feels like it doesn't have that much meaning behind it. But it's it's getting fuller. It's getting much fuller. Uh, so I hope you're doing well. Today's chat with Melissa Ambrosini is epic. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot more to say other than the fact that she is a game changer in this country. Um, she wrote the book Mastering Your Inner Mean Girl and. It really has been a Bible for the demo, I suppose, that I speak to regularly, Australian chicks, um, millennials, maybe a bit older, maybe a bit younger, but girls that have really found it hard to turn off their inner critic and, and really understand that there is a person living in your mind that isn't necessarily there to support you and to love you and to to want you to go places. Like it, everything levels out, but she's so practical in the way that she breaks things down in that book and it was such a success. Um, I actually loved her second book, Open Wide, which really broke down a lot about relationships, about soulful sex, uh, about, you know, it's kind of like this other level of um, – of development for her and her podcast again is 
you know, one of the most successful podcasts in the country. Um, and she has the most incredible guests. So all of those um, links to the books and to her show, I will put in show notes. Melissa and I have caught up from time to time. She's definitely somebody that I admire. Um, she's always got time. She, you know, she practices what she preaches when she says she loves her girlfriends and she's a supporter of people that are doing, you know, doing their work and, and kind of really trying to find their truth and, and be their best self. She, she supports that and she does it in such an epic way. I spoke about um, on the podcast how she is one of the only people in my life to voice message you a text, um, which it just gives you a bit of an idea of her personality. She comes through on the phone talking at you like, hi, darling, like, and her whole energy is like a sun. Um, so that is what I hope you get from the chat that I have with her today. We talk a lot about boundaries and how to set them in your life, whether that is in coaching at the moment. I'm working a lot on that with family. I think a lot of the girls that I'm coaching at the moment are probably late 20s, early 30s and really stepping into that out of that child space and into that real adult that real woman energy and finding ways to then reintroduce themselves to people like family members or potentially older friends that they've had for a while or maybe a longer term relationship so there's plenty of ways for you to take uh, uh, on board the information that she gives um, even if you're single and you're finding ways to have boundaries that protect the things that you want I think you're going to benefit from this we speak about relationships we speak speak about how they aren't all pretty. She's very open about a time where Nick, her husband, found it really tough. He went through depression and and what it looked like to be the partner of that and look, what it looked like to support that but then also to find ways to support herself. Um, and so I'm so grateful for how open she is uh, and I'm really grateful for the work that she does. So if you like the podcast, you can find her and let her know you heard her here. Her Instagram handle is Melissa Ambrosini, A-M-B-R-O-S-I-N-I. And her website is melissaambrosini.com. All of the podcast episodes and her show notes, which are incredibly detailed and helpful, are up there as well. So I'll put all of those in our show notes in our in your podcast app and um, and just get straight to it. Hope you enjoy my chat with Melissa. Like I said, let her know if you heard her here and you enjoyed it. Um, share it with a mate if you feel like there's something that you would like to share. Like I continuously say on this show, you know, self-work and trying to trying to encourage those around us to be the best person they can be really doesn't stop with people like Melissa or myself or people that are trying to do this work. We all have to help each other. And sometimes that little inkling that's, you know, that's talking in the back of your mind saying, oh my God, Sarah would love this, actually send it to her. You know, you don't know the kinds of benefits or the power that you're doing by giving people love taps if you're following your gut and your intuition. So if something like that rings true to you in this in this chat, then please send along. Um, and other than that, I hope you love it. I will see you guys for a self-centered Sunday podcast on Sunday. Enjoy. This is Melissa. This is like a ray of sunshine's just come into my house. It's so lovely to talk to you. <laughs> oh, babe, it's so lovely to talk to you too. I'm so excited. Okay, so I want to ask a selfish question, a question straight up that is something that I really am intrigued by in terms of following your work and, and, and following all the stuff you do with the podcast and the social. 
you seem to be a person that is constantly in a wave of evolution, which I admire so much. And I, and I just love watching people that continue to kind of expand themselves. How do you upskill? How do you continue to study? What is your kind of your, I suppose, process with, with continuing your self-developed journey when I suppose you've come to a point where you share so much and you have, for a lot of people on the outside, gotten to such levels of such wisdom with it. How do you continue to keep, I guess, upskilling or, or going deeper, I suppose? That's a really good question. No one's ever asked me that. And <laughs> I really appreciate because I do lots of interviews. I love it when you get different questions. It's so exciting for me. Good. Job done. So this isn't something that I consciously think of. I know some people have to consciously put on their to-do list to read books or learn a language or learn something. They have to put it on their to-do list. It's not something that I have to consciously think of. It's so innate within me. That hunger to learn and grow is part of my DNA. I have always been like that. Um, And I want to, and because I know, and I have this deep understanding that we are here on earth in these earth suits to grow and evolve. And we never reach a place of like, oh, you know, dust your hands, clean, I'm done, I'm evolved, I know everything. As soon as someone kind of has that attitude, the universe will present something to you to uh, make you shift. Uh, But for me, it's really so inbuilt within me, this knowing that we're always growing and evolving. And so I have this hunger to always want to be better and Mm. grow and learn. So I'm always listening to podcasts. Every day I listen to podcasts and I read books. I read every day um, and sometimes listen to audiobooks. I prefer to kind of read books. But if I am going on a really long drive and I can't find a podcast or two to listen to, I might listen to an audiobook. But that's that's kind of the tangible things that I do. Also, like uh, next week I'm going to Tony Robbins, Unleash the Power Within. I just have this deep hunger. And if I don't fulfill that hunger, then I feel like there's a part of me that's dying. Mm. And if we're not growing, we are dying. Like if you think of yourself like a plant, if you don't water the plant, then it dies, right? Mm. If you don't water yourself with knowledge and information and workshops and podcasts and books, then you're gonna, there's going to be a, a part of you that feels like it's dying. So that's kind of what that's kind of how I learn and continue to learn and grow. And if anyone's listening that, that might think, oh, well, I don't have that. Like I don't have that hunger. I bet you do. Mm. Like I bet you do for the things that are important to you. And this is where we just need to take a little moment to kind of go, well, what is important to me? Maybe you do have that hunger to learn about music or um art or gardening. And so, but, but for me, it's like, I have that hunger for personal development Mm. and growth and spiritual development. So that's what interests me. Yeah. 
And I think it's so true what you say about the watering can is that essentially the watering can is something that we all have and, and it's, I guess, a requirement for all of us to keep alive, like you said, but, but what we put in the watering can is very unique and specific to us because it's going to kind of, I guess, allow us to grow differently because we are all different. So it's yours is self-development. It could be something else for someone else. Yes, exactly. I want to talk to you about your TED Talk because – I guess it was such a, you know, it was, you could tell just on socials and just from, I don't know, just from the energy that was coming out that it was something that you had really aspired to. It was just such a big moment and and rightly so. It's definitely on my bucket list and it is a real moment in time, particularly from a professional perspective, but a personal perspective. And from my understanding, well, you can tell us a little bit more about what we can expect once we get to watch it and what you what you discussed. But there were lessons and wisdom and sh- and sharings that you've been sharing for a long time. Firstly, how do you feel after you've done it? And then I guess my second part of the question is, how do you respect the timing of things? Because those lessons and sharings you've been sharing, I would assume, for a long time, and some of them may have even come from mastering mastering your inner mean girl. But here you are in a TED space with a completely different offering. But you've got to really respect that the timing of that talk comes at the right time. How do you how do you respect the timing of the way the universe works? I have this deep understanding that. Everything is always unfolding exactly the way it's supposed to. And I know that can feel challenging for people at different times, whether it's wanting a baby or wanting to meet the guy or or the girl or wanting to do a TED Talk or wanting to write a book or wanting to travel overseas, whatever the goal is, I have this deep knowing now that everything is always unfolding exactly the way it's supposed to. I knew I was always going to do a TED Talk and I've known for years. (laughs) I have known this for years. And it was just a deep knowing. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it when the timing is perfect. And Mm. I couldn't have done it any earlier because it wasn't the right time. Mm. And so I knew that this was going to be on my things that I was going to do. I knew writing books um, was going to be one of the things that I did. I knew marrying my soulmate was going to be something that I'm going to do. I know having a child will be something that I'm going to do in the future. So I think it's really important that we trust the timing. The universe has a timing for us and our role is to trust that and co-create with that and then surrender. And I know I know it can feel really challenging at times. I have so many friends that have struggled to fall pregnant and I've Mm. been on the other end of the phone, like when they've Mm. been bawling their eyes out to me saying, I just want it now. And I, and you know, I would very beautifully remind them and very softly remind them that their soul baby is floating there and he or she is waiting for the perfect time to come through. And then whether it was a few months or a few years later, that has happened. And then they said they would, you know, call me back. One of my friends after three and a half years, one of my friends just recently called me and told me that she was pregnant and 
after I was screaming down the phone with excitement <laughs> to her. I was driving at the time, which probably wasn't good. She was like, I think you need to pull over because I was so excited for her. You know, she said to me, you always told me to trust. And I was like, yes, the timing, the timing is out of our control. But what we need to do is not lose hope, not lose hope that the TED Talk will happen or the book or the business or the partner or the baby or whatever it is, not lose hope. Stay, you know, hold that hope in both of your hands and just trust and keep putting one foot in front of the other. This is really important. You don't just go, okay, well, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm going to sit back, put my feet up and cross my arms and wait for it to be presented to me on a silver platter. That isn't going to happen. You need to take what I call inspired action every single day toward that goal, toward that dream. I knew for years that everything I was doing, all of the speaking gigs that I was doing, they're all leading me to this TED Talk. All the personal development I was doing is leading me to being able to do this TED Talk. And so it was all kind of like, you know, practice and dress rehearsal. So whatever, wherever you're at in your life, like it's all leading you to where you are supposed to be at the perfect time. And if you feel like people are getting blocks or that's not unfolding as graciously as you've so beautifully put, do you think that those are messages too, that people need to look at whether they're aligned, whether they're being true to themselves, whether they're checking in with themselves? Yes, but also they could be tests, you know, from Mm. the universe. How badly do you want this? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How badly do you want this? And sometimes it is a test and it's like, well, I've actually that was true for me two years ago and it's no longer true for me and that's okay. Let's course correct. Let's go in another direction. Mm. But, yeah, sometimes it's that and sometimes it's like the universe going, okay, this is not going to be um, a smooth journey for you. There's going to be turbulence And it's only going to make you a better, stronger person on the other side. In your book, Open Wide, you talk about, and in everything you do, you talk about uh, your idea behind crystal clear communication. And it's such an interesting concept because I think one of those things that is constantly uh, sold to us is communicate, communication. It's key. You need to communicate in your relationship. You need to communicate. And I think sometimes the practicality of that is lost because it feels like something that we should all just, you know, just really do with ease. And so sometimes there's this missing point where people are like, but I find it so hard, so I must be doing it wrong or I'm awful at it. But it actually is a real action. And and you talk really lovely to that in the book and, and the work you do. I really loved a post that was up recently about crystal clear communication when it comes to friendship because often we really focus on crystal clear communication or that form of um, romantic relationship whereas the friendship communication or even a sibling communication, for example, is often forgotten about and it's just as intimate and just as important and I know it is to you as it is to me when it comes to friendships. How do you approach your female friendships when it comes to using crystal clear communication and what would your tips be in allowing friendships as well to – I've got a lot of two-part questions today Mm – how do you allow them to flow in and flow out according to whether they're able to, I suppose, meet you on that? as well, because that's a factor in when you do it. 
well, when mm. you stand up to do it too. Mm. Well, I just wanted to preface this bef- first by saying that I haven't always practiced crystal clear communication. Definitely not. This is something that I learned and created mm. and gave a voice to out of my own desperation to find ways to communicate with my husband and and my friends. And I realized that, you know, we are, humans are hardwired for connection and we love connecting with people. And the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our relationships. And the deeper I've gone within myself, I've realized that I want deeper relationships. You know, I'm not interested in hey, how are you? Yeah, good, busy. Yeah, yeah, I'm busy too. You know, yeah, the kid's good. Yeah, like this surface level <sighs> conversation. I That is my idea of boring, like uh. seriously boring. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, for yeah. me it's like I want to know how you really are, like what's going on for you in your relationship and that's I want to go deep. And then, you know, with the crystal clear communication – I have realized that there is only ever a relationship breakdown with your partner or with your friends or with your family when someone has not practiced crystal clear communication. And what crystal clear communication is, is when you speak from your heart and you usually start crystal clear communication with, I feel, etc. You know, I feel whatever it is, not you made me feel like this and you did this and you, 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 you. No, it's like let's take responsibility and start with how we feel. So that's what crystal clear communication is. And for years I've been practicing this with my husband and it has honestly been life-changing. And we still practice every single day. I will say to him, baby, I need to practice crystal clear communication with you and and share something with you. Um, when you said that uh, before, it made me feel really upset. And I know you didn't mean it, but it triggered this within me and it's now made me feel upset. So maybe when we're talking about this in the future, we could word it a little bit differently or something like that. And he'll usually go, oh my gosh, of course, honey, no worries. Like I I had no idea or something like that. And so this CCC has dramatically changed my relationship and it's honestly so powerful. And he does the same to me. And there's only ever a, a budding of the heads when one of us has forgotten to practice. And we'll say that to you. Like I will literally, uh, say to him, honey, I didn't practice CCC with you. What I meant to say was blah, blah, blah. So it's now part of our dialogue and what we say all the time. And it is now with my friends as well. Like sometimes I'll send my friends messages or I'll call them up and I'll say, hey, honey, I really need to practice crystal clear communication with you here. Um, The other day you said this and um, it triggered sadness within me. And I know you didn't mean that to happen, but this is what's happened and this is how I feel. And um, I'd love to just express that to you and, and let's have a chat about it or whatever it is. And it has taken my friendships to depths of love and connection that I didn't even know existed. 
And it's been really beautiful. And I have loved deepening my friendships over the past couple of years. And and I'm so excited to continue to do that. It's one of my greatest joys is deepening my friendships. And Mm. it's interesting though, when you are waving the CCC flag, but someone Mm. else is not interested. Yeah. This is an interesting conversation to have because not everybody is interested and we can't change anybody. We can't get them to want to do it. All we can do is be the example ourselves. And so with those people that are not interested, I still say, like I'll say to, you know, my parents and um, even though they probably think I'm so crazy, like I'll say, (laughs) you know, I'll say, hey, mom, you know, I just want to practice crystal clear communication with you about something. And she'll be like, okay, darling, you know, and she'll just listen and things like that. Um, But I guess if they're not willing to come to the party, like there are some people, some people in my life that aren't willing to come to the party, the crystal clear communication party, and that's okay that is okay. It's just where they're at. You don't know what's going on between their ears. You don't know what type of stress or negativity or fear is taking up the mental real estate in between their two ears. And so we have to have compassion for what they're going through. Like we don't know. And all we can do is be loving and be supportive for wherever they're at. And I just go, okay, well, maybe it's, it doesn't mean no forever. It just might mean like they'll come around. Cause I've had people that aren't really interested in going deeper and and having this deep, rich friendship. And then two years later, like we're deeper than ever, you know? So it's, it's not no forever. It's just maybe no for right now because of what they're experiencing. And so I keep giving them love and things like that. But then I, you know, pour my love and pour my attention into the people and the relationships that are showing up you know, the ones that I do want to invest my time into, the ones that are waving their hand and going, hey, Melissa, I'm I'm here. I, I love you and I want to go deep with you. Let's do this together. And so I pour my love and my attention into those friendships. Mm, and we'll talk about boundaries a little bit later because I think it's really interesting that you know, you, you're you so free once you set some great boundaries for yourself rather than necessarily having to cut people that don't go there. I think a lot of times when people start to develop themselves and start to try new things like crystal clear communication and start to actively put it into their lives and people aren't necessarily showing up, I think often people think, okay, well, they're not going to be on the same wavelength as me or I'm going to have to walk this path without them. Whereas I think boundaries sometimes helps you not have to be so in or out of of a situation, which is something that I, I certainly, my God, I don't even know how I lived without boundaries before, but we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Just 
just while we're talking about crystal clear communication and and relationships, there's another idea that you have suggested about um, potentially you might be a fighting couple, you might be argumentative, you might just have more heated conversations than not. Um, but you talk about working through stuff that is causing causing conflict in your relationship fast. How do you suggest this all goes down? So essentially, if you're to use the word fight, fight fast is what your suggestion is. What does that mean? And how do people, how do people access those, I guess, or that idea? Mm, this is something that my husband, Nick and I have had many conversations about and kind of came up with together. Uh, One of the many, many things that I love and adore about this man is that (laughs) he gets over things very quickly. And I said to him one day, because we don't really fight, like we don't call them fights, we call them discussions. We're like, you know, we don't... um, we don't, our intention is always to never raise our voice at each other. Um, have we? Absolutely. Um, does it feel good? No way. Do we want to be mindful and not do that? Yes. So our intention is always to just speak to each other with love and respect. But of course, you know, there have been times where we have raised our voices at each other and it doesn't feel good. No. It just does not feel good. And it's something that I don't want to do. It's something that I don't want to do to him or to my stepson or to anyone. And so, you know, we we change the word fight to discussions and we'll, he'll say, you know, I think we need to have a chat or a discussion about this. And we would have these conversations that may be a little bit heated and express everything we needed to express. We practice CCC and then we get over it. And he has this ability to just let things go and get over them really quickly. And maybe it's a male and female thing. Like I think us females hold on to things a lot more. We're a lot more emotional. And I really admired that about him. And I said to him one day, one of the things I love about you is that you have this ability to just after um, we have had a discussion or fight, whatever you want to call it, you just have this ability to just let them go. Like, instantly, like we'd have this discussion, he'd express everything he needed to express. And then literally seconds later, he'd be like, Hey babe, can you come and check this out? And I'm like, Whoa, like (laughs) it's different. It's the opposite in our house. Really? Ben's the frother. Like he just, you can see him. It's like, if he was a thermometer, you could see it slowly go down, but I'm kind of like, Like just kind of, I don't know, it's weird. I mean, there's definitely times where it takes me longer. I'm not saying every time, but if if it's one of the two, I'm probably the Nick. Right. That's so interesting. But it's good to add because sometimes I think that femme masculine energy can play out differently depending on where you are in your relationship. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Really good point. And I'm sure there's people that can relate to both of those. Mm. And I would just say to him, you know, I love that you can just do that. And so we, you know... I would, I think as well, people kind of feel like they have to have this quote unquote perfect relationship with no disagreements and no quote unquote fights. You know, that's, 
not going to happen. Like it's just not going to happen. But I think if you are going to fight, fight fast, get over it, let it go and move on. There is no point in holding on to that anger. Say everything you need to say. And if you practice crystal clear communication, you can, you can express everything you need to express and then you can move on and let it go. And he's really inspired that within me. He has taught me that you can let things go as soon as you want to, as quickly as you want to, and then you can move on. And I think that's really important. Never go, never, ever like take things to bed with you. Never sleep on things. Never go to bed angry. Never um, take things into the next day. Like if you have something that you need to express, that's really alive for you in your body in that moment, express it and then let it go. Because that, that dis-ease, you know, in your body, that that feeling in your body will create dis-ease, mm. you know. So we need to let them go. We need to release them. We need to move on to the next moment and not hold on to that anger or that frustration or that sadness. Just choose to let it go and come back to the present moment. Mm. Two things I love that. I And two things I want to add. I think for me, early days, it was a bit harder to do that because there was trust building. And I had to remember at times getting to know Ben, I was like, I have to trust he's a good person here, even though I'm feeling right now that there's something that he's rattled in me that makes me feel like I can't, you know, it's it does sometimes come back to reminding yourself, you trust the person rather than being so evoked in the issue which has helped me kind of take it back and go okay you love this person it's 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 a real trust thing the other thing I love that you mentioned was don't let it go on because it's so not worth it in terms of your time and your your body I remember being in a relationship that was really really not great in my 20s and we fought a lot it was really quite toxic I really had very not a lot of examples and I just wasn't in a great place and we thought it was the norm and we thought that was the right thing to do was to stay and I remember a girlfriend at work saying to me one day I kind of got upset and said we'd had a fight this morning and she said that really sucks Dace because that means your whole day's ruined Mm. and I thought about it and the penny just dropped me so I went God, days, I've had weeks that have been ruined by this relationship. (laughs) I'm like, and you're worried about half a day. And I thought, and so you should be. And it just opened up my mind Mm. to what I'd accepted and really went, I can aim for something where I try not to ruin an hour or, you know, like, and it's not always perfect, but you can aim to get to a point where you value all the bits of your day, not just one day swiped off. So, I love that about moving on because I think sometimes we underestimate, you know, every little second and every little minute. What's the point? You know, mm. it can it can be so – and it can be also really damaging. So I think it's – yeah, it was just an insight that I had to have unexpectedly. So I'm sure maybe some of you listening are kind of like, oh, I never thought about it like that. Like I just kind of stew on things and didn't really think about what what I'm missing out on or what I'm doing to myself in the process. But yeah, I love that. Um, Before we get on to boundaries also, one last relationship question I wanted to ask you was I remember when you spoke about um, you and Nick in our Thinker Girls chat, uh, the first interview that I did with you a few years ago now, and, and and Nick had gone through a bit of a tough time. I think he was going through some some illnesses and, and, and different challenges in his life. And I wanted to ask you 
and also ask for some advice for people that are with somebody that might be going through a tough time and how you stay on track on your path Mm. and obviously be there as a loving support to a partner because I think a lot of us that, you know, are really dedicated to self-care and really want to be able to live rich lives, it's very interesting when you are met with your, you know, your partner and your lover and the person you share a home with, they've got their own journey to go through and, and you, how you navigate kind of being on that with them, but also staying true to your own, your own path. Mm, yes. So just to paint a little picture in 2017, Nick went through one of the most challenging periods of his life with his health Um he and he was also dealing with um, depression. So he was in one of the darkest places he's ever been in. Um, he his health was just completely going downward, and yeah, same with his mental health as well. And it was a very very challenging mm. time. Mm. There was so many times where I thought, how. Am I going to get through another day? How am I going to do this? And I would cry and I would sleep on the couch and I just didn't know. I couldn't see how I was going to get through each day. And I would, I had um, about one spiritual mentor and another friend who knew what I was going through um, because I'm not that type of person that shares w- when I'm going through the muck. I share once I've had the realization and the lessons after the muck and I share my learnings from that. I don't necessarily always share when I'm going through it. Which is amazing and I also think it's hard when it's like an effect or some kind of situation your partner's going through because mm. I definitely felt that with Ben and all of the stuff going on with his prostate cancer and I wasn't there at the time but all the effects of that is somewhere also not my story but shit I'm definitely being affected by Mm. it like it's like physically we're being affected by it sexually you know everything Mm. like so it's it is tricky to navigate that. Mm, Absolutely and and it was exactly it's not my story to tell Mm. it's not Mm. my story Mm. to tell and so he very he didn't even really want me, you know, sharing it with um, this one friend and this one spiritual mentor or guide that I had at the time. And I would say to him, I need to talk to someone about this. So you have to let me have that outlet. But he was he was just like so in it that he was just like, You this is this is so private. Mm. And you know, he's, he's a public figure and he's a musician and an entrepreneur and he just really wanted to go through it. And I would go to these, this friend and this mentor, and I would just cry and cry and cry and feel so incredibly helpless, like watching your beloved suffering on such a deep level is quite possibly the most excruciating thing. It's just heart-wrenching. And there were times, and at this time as well, I was also writing Open Wide, my book. 
And so here I am writing about uh, deep love, rocking relationships and soulful (laughs) sex. And I was having to practice everything that I was writing about in that book to the extreme. I was, Mm. the universe was like, okay, Melissa, if you want to write about this stuff, if you want to be an expert on this, we are going to test you. And I'm so glad it did because it has shaped our relationship and it also gave us content for our open wide tour because we spoke about Mm. this at the tour. Mm. So I was like, oh, cool. We've got, you know, we've got stuff to talk about now. Um, (laughs) So we, we, I definitely, you know, like I said, there was nights where I slept on the couch, cried myself to sleep. Um, He, you know, was going through so much. He couldn't be there for me because he was going through so much. So I had to really kind of guide myself. And, and it felt like, it felt very lonely. It felt like I was married to my soulmate, but I was felt very lonely Mm. in that time. And that's a really odd feeling to be in a home, to be laying next to the love of your life, your soulmate, to have your stepson in the other room and to feel the most alone you've ever felt in your entire life. Like, it's like, what the actual. It's such a different level to being alone physically. Yes. Like, because I know that people feel that. I'm not trying to um, dismantle that, but it is a different kind of feeling. It's very, very different. Very different. And I just, there's a few things that helped me get through that time, that to get through that year. And I want everyone to write these down. There's one mantra that saved me through this whole process. And I am not kidding you. I wrote it on a post-it note and I stuck it on my bathroom mirror. And that mantra said, this too shall pass. And every day I would remind myself that this too shall pass, this too shall pass. Even though I was like, where the hell is the light at the end of this tunnel? I cannot see it. But I know because I know how the way, I know the way the universe works and I know that there is, this will pass. And so I literally told myself every single day, this too shall pass, this too shall pass. And then another thing that I did um, that really helped me was, reminded myself that he is my soulmate and no matter what, I am going to stand by his side and hold his hand. Even if he can't show. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, that's what I signed up for, babe. Like I married this man to experience (laughs) all of it. And we have been through, you know, we've almost been married for six years. We've been through so much. We've had my best friend die from cancer, another one take her own life. You know, we've had my only grandmother who I was so close with, my 95-year-old nonna pass away. We have been through renovations. We have been through health issues. We have been through so much together. And we always say better together. And when we're on the same team, Mm. what that means is we're on the same team. When we're on the same team, we are so much better together. We can conquer everything. And I always think about my wedding vows. You know, I promised to stand by his side. I promised to hold his hand through everything. And during those more challenging times, 
I would reread my wedding vows. Yeah. And remind myself that this is what I signed up for. Now, this is very different if you are in a relationship that, you know, is verbally or physically abusive or that you know deep in your heart is not serving you. This is very, this is not what we're talking about here. I'm talking about um, my experience with him going through this mental and physical health challenge and our reality during that year. Mm. And that was the fact that no matter what, I am always going to stand by his side. I'm always going to hold his hand, even even though it's very challenging, even though my heart felt like it was being ripped out of my chest and cried myself to sleep many times, no matter what, like we're, we're in this for life mm. and this too shall pass. And I also reminded myself too that when my best friend passed away from cancer, that was 2015, he was there for me. Mm. So that year was one of the darkest years of my life. I had post um, had PTSD and I lost a lot of weight, not intentionally, just purely from the stress. Mm. And I was not a pleasant person to be around. I was very angry and I was very sad. And he held mm. space for me during that time. He was my rock in that time. And then in 2017, it was it was my turn to hold space for him. But that's what you're in a marriage for is to support each other. It's not to skip down the yellow brick road and pretend that everything's going to be perfect for the rest of your life and that you'll have no road bumps along the way. It's to help each other get up when you hit those road bumps. That is what being in a partnership is about, lifting the other person when they can't see the light themselves. That's my role for him is to be his rock when he needs it the most. And I like, I will put my hand up for that any day. Mm. I think the most um, epic thing and when you were saying you know, this is a relationship that you're talking about from your experience. I think the thing that kept coming back to me was also choose wisely, you know, because we find ourselves really quick to jump into relationships or just so scared to be alone and all these kinds of things. But when you get into one and you see that, you know, they're not easy and they're not necessarily all just going to kind of alleviate your lonely feelings and there's actual work to be done you want to make sure you've got a partner that where there's equal respect and there is that point where you will go to those lengths for them Mm. like that's why waiting or not settling or those kinds of things are so so important Mm. um i'm super passionate about that um Okay, so let's talk about boundaries. It was on your podcast this week, which would probably be a few weeks ago by the time this airs. Um, and they're kind of like my favorite thing to talk about at the moment because I feel like they, they were just such a big, a big missing piece of my puzzle for such a long time, especially somebody that could suffer from anxiety and really overthink things. Boundaries just seem to give me this exhale and this space 
to be who I am and to be who I am authentically to those around me in a different level I hadn't experienced before. So I, I'm so, so, so passionate about them. I wanted to ask you why you believe they're important and why do you think we haven't heard of them all? Like, so, you know, so well, why do we avoid them? Why do we, why do we find them hard to set and stick to? I think the reason why people don't is because they we live in a society of chronic people pleasers. Yeah. And I'm a recovering people pleaser. And this is what I witnessed, you know, my mum people pleases and she's that martyr type of person. She's the most beautiful human being on this planet. But that is the culture that we have kind of grown up in, this people-pleasing. And I think Women people, too, especially. Yeah, I feel like people don't want to set boundaries because they're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to upset them or like I don't want to rock the boat or, you know, oh, no, but she likes doing that so I'll just go along with it. And for so many years, babe, that's what I did. I was like mm. no boundaries and just people-pleased and it burnt me out. It gave me adrenal fatigue and chronic mm. fatigue. It literally mm. fried my adrenals from trying to please everybody else. And what I realized was that in order for me to show up as the best version of myself every day, there need to be some boundaries. There needs to be a fence around <laughs> my energy, my home, my environment. Otherwise, people are just going to stomp all over your property, all over your energy. And the analogy that I gave in the podcast, it's like, you know, a fence around your house. If you have a fence around your house, then people are going to respect that. But if you don't have a fence, they're going to walk on over onto your grass, your perfectly manicured lawn, maybe even drop their rubbish, maybe even let their dog poo on your lawn and not pick it up. (laughs) But if you have this fence, you are saying, well, this is my boundary and I can choose who I let in through that gate and who I don't. And it is a big thing that we need to do because otherwise we're just going to continuously people please everyone else in our life and burn ourselves out. And, you know, I love my mum so much, but she does so much for other people at the detriment of her own health and happiness. Like she is exhausted, but she won't see that because that's just how she's been conditioned is to just do everything for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm rewriting that and I'm rewriting it now for my children because I do not want them to learn that. That is not what I want them to learn. So I'm rewriting it now. So I am really, really strict with my boundaries. I know my boundaries. I know Nick's boundaries and we respect each other's and um, yeah, it just makes life so much more blissful and you can show up as the best version of yourself when you have these firm boundaries in place. What are some of your boundaries? What are some of the things that you currently stick by when it comes to people outside of your house? Okay. So, I mean, I had to, I think one of the biggest ones that I had to do is with around my phone and social media. Yeah. That is a really big boundary that I needed to put into place. Otherwise, um, my phone would be sucking the energy out of me. I would feel depleted and I have in the past. Um, so putting some boundaries in, around my phone, you know, my phone is always on silent. 
always. Um, I don't have any notifications on my phone. I choose when I want to go into Instagram. I choose when I want to respond to emails. Um, I don't let that dictate my life and my time. So that is a really big one that I think has helped me a lot. Um, I also don't have, I have some rules in our house, you know, our phones are always away charging in the cupboard. So we don't take phones into the bedroom. Nick's phone is always on silent as well. Um, We never have our phone just like on the kitchen table whilst we're eating. Um, I'll say, babe, can you pop them in the cupboard? And, you know, he'll pop both of the phones out of the way in the cupboard, out of sight um, and not in the bedroom. You know, we don't have any technology in the bedroom. Um, We are very firm with once we do our afternoon meditation and then we have dinner, like phones are out of sight. That's our time, our special time with each other to connect and to have lover's time. So that's another boundary that's really important. Um, And I think then when you have your phone on silent, yeah, you get to choose when you want to respond and not be in reactive mode all the time. Mm. You can Mm. respond when you've created the space for yourself to be present to do that. Mm, It's so important. I think the other part of the boundary conversation that a lot of people uh, may be unaware of is how much responsibility is in your hands for your boundaries. Mm. I think a lot of us get really blamey or can be kind of like they're not respecting a boundary. Like you should just know that you can't call me at eight o'clock because I don't know, I'm doing this. Whereas if you haven't set that it's A, not always anyone's intention to upset you and B, it is our responsibility to articulate those for ourselves and to put those forward. I think often we expect that people should just kind of read our minds. Mm-hmm. They can't. Um, they no, can't read our minds. No. Yeah, I tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> and you know what? Like I always I, – I don't often talk on the phone. I don't love talking on the phone. Um very rarely do I have phone conversations. I would rather just see someone in person and catch up with them for a walk or something like that. But I know that lots of my friends live in different states and different countries. And so that's not always uh, possible. And uh, FaceTime is great for that. But, you know, if I'm going to have a proper FaceTime catch up with somebody, like some of my friends that live in um the UK or live in America or my brother who lives in Italy, we block it out. I block out an hour of my time and I sit, I sit on my couch and I've got the phone up there and I'm FaceTiming. I'm not trying to do all these different things. But um, other than that, I don't often talk on the phone. And I just had to practice crystal clear communication with my parents who love talking on the phone to me. (laughs) And um you know, they want to speak to me. My dad and I speak every day, sometimes a few times a day. My mum and I speak every couple of days. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I would say to him, dad, you know, the best times for me to talk is usually when I'm driving to the gym in the morning from like seven to seven 30 or whatever. Um, and he's like, okay, no worries, darling. No worries. Like we'll just chat then. <laughs> Cause he would call me while I'm trying to get out the door and I've got my, you know, I'm trying to, I've got a million things in my hands and I'm trying to get out the door. I'm trying to remember, do I need anything else? And it just wasn't the ideal time. So I said to him, you know, dad, you know what, dad, I'll call you when I jump in the car. 
or when I'm on my walk. And he's like, no worries at all. So just practicing that crystal clear communication Mm -hmm. with people around your boundaries. And and maybe you have to do it with some friends as well. Like, you know, there was years ago where I had to say to a friend, hey, I I can't talk at like 10 a.m. in the morning for an hour. Like that's my full creative time. And I need to be in flow. And she was like, yeah, no worries. Like, let's just chat later. And people, mm. this is comes back to them not, being a, them not being able to read your mind. No one can read your mind. So just having these conversations and sharing your boundaries with your friends and your family and your partner is really powerful. And ask them for theirs too, like what works for them. Mm. Mm, I love that. Before I let you go, and Melissa is, she lives and breathes what she says. Like if I'm getting a message from her on my phone, it is a voice message. So it's, it's very, but it's so, it just brightens up your day to hear someone's voice than to be, you kind of, there's something different. There's something that must awaken you differently inside when you receive that. I don't know what it is. And I don't know why we don't do that more actually, because you're reading and consuming in your own world so much stuff on your phone. All of a sudden you're like, hey there's like this actual person that comes out it's actually really lovely um so mastering your inner mean girl was such a success and and continues to be such a big important book for people I want to um wrap up our chat with asking you what you think well what surprised you that hasn't changed from your book so I think we know that there's some lessons and key messages that are kind of evergreen that, you know, people will find your book at the right time in their life and, and it's so important for them to start to get a relationship and understand that that inner mean girl isn't actually who they are. But is there anything that surprised you that hasn't improved or that we haven't evolved since you wrote the book? No, honestly, nothing that I can think of. Those teachings in Mastering Your Mean Girl – are universal. They are evergreen, like you said. And it's the type of book that you could pick up at any time, wherever you are on your journey Mm. and get something out of. But no, there's nothing that I can think of that has, yeah, surprised Mm. me in that way. It's, It's a book that, like I said, you will get so much out of it no matter where you are on your journey. Mm-mm. And I'll put all of the, uh, the links and everything to, to the to both of your books in show notes. Melissa, it's been so lovely chatting. It feels like it's gone in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I'm just really appreciative for your time and just your lovely presence in my life. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me, darling. And I'm so grateful for all of your little voice messages too. I love them. <laughs> This has been another Bijou Podcast production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.